Welcome to Dads, Daughters, and Dollars, a financial podcast for everyone. Now, here's one of my favorite people. (laughs) I'm Sean, the dad, clearly the favorite. And I'm Caitlin, the daughter, clearly my dad's mistaken. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why am I saying, oh, yeah? My daughter's back in town. She was out of town in Michigan for like nine days, and it's nice to have her back. We were. Our, I was, yeah. And it's kind of cool that, you know, we still aired an episode while I was gone. Yeah. And it's nice when we catch up. Yeah. And by the way, uh, I have good news. Yes. We're in another country, <gasps> Spain. No way. Ugh. Country number 13. Um, Whoever's listening in Spain, hola. Uh, lo siento por mi español y uh, yo estudio abroad en Barcelona. Nice. Ta-da. Yeah, that was bad. There's another word for abroad, but hopefully if you're listening, then maybe you got something out of it listening uh, in English. But Barcelona is beautiful. Las Ramblas is beautiful. And uh, I guess it's your neighbor, but do you want to say where you're headed? Did we already reveal where you're headed? Uh, yeah, and we're, I'm going to do an episode about this. I am headed to Portugal because we're doing a bit of a so right how, travel hack, how travel hacks work. And so I'll be heading to Portugal in another two weeks or so. And then I'll report back of how my travel hacking worked. Yeah, but so uh, welcome to the podcast. That's super exciting. If you're just tuning in for the first time, this is Dad's Daughters and Dollars, where I teach my daughter about finances and various other things with life. And turns out she teaches me twice as much. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. But <laughs> yeah, so basically, I, you know, just me being a young person trying to navigate a world. And now it's a world in a pandemic too, right? I think we all know that by this point. Um, just as much as I can learn and uh, all that good stuff. So whole to, enchilada. Today we're talking about fiduciary and fiduciary relationships. That sounds like a funny word. <laughs> it is a funny word and people go, oh, it's time to tune out. This is super important to listen to. All right. So you know how we talk about investing in index funds. And I have said multiple, multiple times, I believe that everybody can do pretty well if you invest for the long term and you have the slightest bit of intellectual curiosity, meaning like, okay, I'm going to go on Yahoo Finance and read something about index funds, or I'm going to write, read something about Warren Buffett or whatever. And you don't have to do it 10 hours a day, but you could do three times a week. You read something for 20 minutes and go, oh, I didn't know that. And sometimes it might turn you into looking up something else on Google about that subject. I will say as much as I feel like I get information from this podcast and then after we do a podcast, I'm like, okay, I don't need to to think about money for the next, you know, two hours. Uh, I will say that I sometimes stumble upon, you know, oh, this is a YouTuber who, it's actually a video I didn't get to finish of a YouTuber who said, you know, was kind of listing all of his ways of passive income. And I've watched numerous videos already of YouTubers and just anyone really giving their advice on all of their passive incomes. But I'm still... It's interesting. I'm still drawn to them, yeah. So the, Listen, the curiosity is good. So I, well, I'm saying that you, I believe you can invest on your own and you can do index funds. But if you decide to hire a financial advisor, which you can do, you can have... There are financial advisors that get a fee-only or they work by commission, whatever. But you could hire a financial advisor and say, listen, I have a 401k. 
I have this for retirement. I have 20000 in savings. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Can you help me? Because you're still really confused and you don't think you can do it on your own. This is why I'm going to bring up a fiduciary. All right. So a fiduciary is someone who manages property or money on behalf of someone else. Now, the important thing about this, if you're a fiduciary, the law requires that them to manage the person's be assets for that person's benefit, not for the person who's doing the investing for them's benefit. Okay. So you would think that's an obvious thing, right? No. If you are a commission-only financial advisor or you are a broker, like a stockbroker, you have no obligation to no obligation to work 100% on their behalf. So I'll give you an example. So a fiduciary financial advisor, uh, they have to place the best interests of the person that they're working for, and they have to recommend things that will uh, benefit that person's over, overall financial situation and with the best economical solutions to what they're trying to accomplish. They have a fiduciary standard. If you're a commission-only financial advisor or you're a broker, you have what's called a suitability standard which means uh, they work basically as uh, salespeople for some in- investment or insurance brokers. So they just have And their this, goal is to make the insurance people the money versus or, necessarily their one individual Or client. it could be the stockbroker. It could be T. Rowe Price. It could, it could be Schwab. It could be whoever. If you're working f- with that broker and you're saying, I totally don't understand, and they go, okay, um, you're, whenever you... Um, say you want to invest, they get everything, and I think they have to do this by law, say, what are your investment objectives? So the investment objectives are like, oh, I want as much income as I can make with capital preservation, which means I don't want to lose any money. So that means more conservative, maybe, investments. Or I want growth in income. So between how much my my money grows and how much I have in cash, that's about the same, maybe 50% in each. Or I want, you know, long-term growth... I'm willing to take a lot of risk because I'm only 22 years old. Whatever it is, you check off boxes on this application for whatever place you're going to, whether it's a financial advisor or a brokerage. And then does the the institution that you're applying to get to choose whether you get a fiduciary or just a... Uh, someone who works by their own standard, whatever that term you use was? If you're going to a brokerage, it's sort of baked in that they will not be a fiduciary. Okay, so that sentence kind of blows my mind. So please yes. tell me that Charles Schwab. Yes. We don't really have anyone though, right? Because the market just does its thing. The market does its thing and we invest in an index fund and an index fund in general. Doesn't though, need to be managed. Even though they might have what's technically called a manager for the total stock market index, at both Vanguard They're and Schwab. They're responsible for basically switching out one company Basically, it's the computer that's doing the investing. Right. So if there's 500 things that you're investing in, the top 500 stocks, it goes, you know what? The top one is Apple. We're going to invest 1.2% of our billions of dollars that all the investors have sent us. 1.2% is going to go into Apple. And if Apple goes up or down, you're going to have 1.2% of your your portfolio. And then whatever's number 500 might be 0.0004 is what it's investing. So obviously the companies that are the big, large companies like Microsoft and Facebook and et cetera. Fang. They are going, exactly. You remember from the last episode. Fang MT. 
yeah, well, Fang is if for those who don't who didn't hear that episode, Facebook, Facebook Apple, Amazon, Amazon, Netflix, Netflix Google. Google, M is Microsoft, T is Tesla. Correct. Bada bing, bada boom. You, ace that quiz. You did ace that quiz. Hello. So the bottom line is. Sorry, you, I'm just really proud. You get sent this piece of paper that says, okay, what's your investment objectives when you're filling out your name and you're willing to invest so much money. Now the broker gets that and goes, oh, you're in, you're interested in doing long-term growth, but you're, you're willing to take some risk. So we're going to put you in some sort of risky tech stocks so you could lose Let's say you have $10,000 to invest and you say, I'm going to put $5,000 into whatever you recommend. Well, the company could recommend something really risky because you basically checked off on the investment objective. If you're a fiduciary, you have to tell them, listen, your chances of doing well with this risky investment are, let's say, 80% chance of losing and 20% of winning. Are you still willing to take that much risk? So they let you in more on the process. Correct. So do you know, like, I I personally don't think it's something that you've looked into, but please correct me if I'm wrong. Have you ever looked into a money manager, a fiduciary, any person that would be involved in your money besides obviously like the help desk, the bill pay at Charles Schwab? I know you have all those numbers, uh, but have you ever considered it at Charles Schwab specifically and have... What do they have? What are their no, options? No, I haven't. You haven't. And okay. the reason I haven't, it's, I forget, there was some advisor, not advisor, but like a Warren Buffett, but it wasn't Warren Buffett. So it was one of these- Someone like, giving advice, a book you read, an article you read, a podcast. Exactly. Okay. That said, who's going to look after your money- Better than you. Better than you. Yeah, that's true. And I agree because when it's my money, if I lose it, I go, well, all right, what mistake did I make and how can I not make it again? And so I- I look at this stuff to the nth degree and I'm I'm going to make sure I don't lose. And listen, the stock market goes up and down because provided I don't sell, I didn't lose. But my whole point is, if you feel like I just don't know what I'm doing, I don't have enough time to read about index funds and Warren Buffett or whatever, I'm going to hire a financial advisor. Nine times out of 10, you can go online and like put up fiduciary financial advisors, put that into Google, and there's probably an association somewhere that will recommend in your area 10 people that are fiduciaries. And then go interview three and say, okay, you're going to work on my best behalf. They're going to make you fill out a form too that says, what's your investment objectives? You know, I'm willing to only, I want 80% of my money in cash and only 20% in the stock market or whatever it is, right. growth and income or et cetera. Then they will come to you and say, listen, if I do this, I get a pretty high commission for selling you this. Right. So that if you're investing, you decide I have $10,000 and $5,000 going into this risky investment. You go, I'm 22. I have 43 years before I retire. I'm going to be fine, which is probably true. But they say to you, if you invest in this, the brokerage, because I have to buy it through a brokerage or something like that, I will get a commission of 3%. Mm-hmm. So that of the $5,000 you invest, you're not investing $5,000. The brokerage might get a commission and I get a commission. So then after a while, we go, oh, I'm only investing $4,300, whatever the amount is. Mm-hmm. They will reveal that to you. With somebody who's a broker or a commission-only financial, financial advisor, they don't have to tell you what their commission is. They can just say, oh, 
you wrote down on your investment objective you wanted to do a little bit of risk. I'm just here. Do that one. You go, I know nothing. I'll just do whatever you say. And then you turn around and you go, wait a second. Of the $5,000, I only invested 4300 into that? Oh, yeah, because I get a commission. Oh, you didn't tell me that. Well, technically, they don't have to. So I do have a couple of friends who have money managers. Uh, is that is that neither of those categories you're talking about? No, but it's good to ask Always ask, is the money manager, the financial advisor, whoever, a fiduciary? Now, does that mean when I say to you, brokers do not have to tell you the whole full story? Do I think there's brokers out there who are incredibly honest and will tell you the whole story? Yes. But they don't have to. By the law, they do not have to. Correct. Well, hopefully everyone who's listening can at least be um, not suspect, but uh, keep... Keep your eyes on the prize. I'm trying to think of some better phrase. Uh, And it's not suspicious, but just being aware of who you're working with and who is controlling your money. Because I I honestly sometimes, obviously there's many ways with the market and all of the things that it offers, all the things, all the different ways you can invest. You know, maybe you just do three different stocks of for three individual companies. Like there's so many different ways you can chop up the cucumber and eat it. Right. Right. So and I don't really know where that came from. So but we're just we're going to roll with it. I don't fully understand why people would get a money manager. I mean, I guess I understand it if you're not sure what you're doing and you want someone who knows what they're doing more so than you or just as a second set of eyes. Because I'm sure there's definitely some money managers that run all of the decisions by you before they make them. But I don't think a money manager, I guess they probably give you the pros and cons if they're honest and good. And there's definitely some out there because the ones, the money managers that my friends talk about and that they have, they love them. They, you know, it's, it's great. But the, the commission part bothers me a little bit. At least then you know that they're motivated to make money because that's how they're getting paid. But you know, like the well, more I, you move it, the more you're I, right, you're exactly. messing around. Exactly. I'll give you an example. I know some people who are money doesn't know, need to be moved that much that you need a whole manager for it. Is how I know I some people it. in show business who are high level directors or producers or writers, and they have money managers, and it's because they're working seventy hours a week, and they're like literally they send every um, bill that comes to their house to the money manager. And they pay all the bills. Oh, wow. So they take care of everything. They're like, okay, we're investing your money. We're paying, paying all your the bills. bills. We're making sure, oh. You're uh, paying the mortgage. You have, yeah, your mortgage is paid. We're making sure, oh, you know, you got to renew the ring on your house. It's coming up for renew. We're checking. That just all. sounds like a life manager. <laughs> exactly. But some people are like, I am so busy. I don't. Some it, people need that, yeah. If I take some time to make the phone call and hold online for 40 minutes to say to ring, I want to refund for this month because of XXX, the money manager can do all that. And the money manager probably has seven people working underneath them type of thing. Right. And I don't know what percentage they take, but there's some people who are extremely happy with them and they're happy because that person acts as a fiduciary, whether they have a fiduciary license or not. So what I'm saying- Oh, so that's a license. Like you could ask for someone's license to be a fiduciary. Correct. But I I know certain states require it. But Mm -hmm. I don't know that all states do. Does California. But you always ask if the person you're working with, whether it's an insurance 
brokerage, Mm -hmm. like they're trying to sell you whole life insurance or term insurance, are they a fiduciary? Are they looking out for you? Or are they like, if you just say, oh, I just want to make sure that if something happens to me and I pass away, my family gets $500,000. They're like, okay, fine. Um, Maybe the first 10 years of your premiums that you're paying towards that whole life insurance goes Mm -hmm. to commissions to the salesperson. So no money went towards the 500000 And so, if you die within that 10-year period, they're like, oh, uh, you never fully paid your commission, so your family gets nothing. So I didn't realize that fiduciaries weren't just for people who, like, manage the stock market for you. No. Fiduci- you, could have, you could have a fiduciary license and be someone who sells insurance. Yeah, I can give you an example. It could be, like, between a lawyer and a client, between an accountant and a client, could be a financial advisor, could be an insurance broker, someone who's trying to sell you so life insurance, car insurance, whatever. A fiduciary doesn't just apply to money. If you were, you know, a lawyer, you could have your fiduciary license and guarantee that you will do the best and let them in on your law practices and or what you're trying to do in the no, court. You're, you're like basically I'm, saying, listen, you're going to be 100% upfront with what it's going to cost them and what the possible pros it. and cons of it. Yeah, I worry if, about getting a lawyer specifically because I don't feel like I know the prices. If someone just said to you, hello, um, I would like you to... Uh, I'd like uh, like you to invest my money and I would like to get growth and in income, which means 50% of my portfolio is going to be in like growth stocks and 50% is going to be in cash. And I know this has happened for a fact because a good friend of mine on the East Coast, this happened to. She was unbelievably great investor doing it kind of on her own, but through a brokerage. So she had a broker so that when she would decide on these 10 stocks she's going to buy, and he would always say, oh, wow, you're doing great. Matter of fact, of all the people in the in our brokerage, of the individual investors, you have the highest return for like seven years in a row. And she's like, great. Oh. So they built up this relationship, and he would recommend stuff where he'd say, listen, we're having somebody speak at the office. If you want to come and hear that CEO is coming to speak for this big new tech company, come, you're, what, you're invited to come and listen and ask questions. So she did all that. After about 11 years, that company had bought some company, meaning like, let's say it was T. Rowe Price. I don't know what the brokerage was. Smith, Barney, whatever it was. I have no idea. They bought up a whole bunch of some new tech company. The tech company was dropping. It was doing poorly. And he went to her and said, hey, it's great. You got to invest all your money. No. And she lost like 500 grand. Oh my God. Because he knew it was a stock that was dropping, but he was under pressure from the brokerage firm. Get rid of this stock. We can't have all these losses. Oh my God. So not a fiduciary was he. Oh geez. So two things. Um, Before I talked about a lawyer, I don't need to retain a lawyer. Let me just put that out there, but it's always good to, you know, as a photographer, I'm signing licenses and, and contracts all the time. So it'd be nice to have a lawyer friend, just throwing it out there. Um, but the second thing, does California have, you were saying some yes. states don't have it. So California does have it. If you are, if you are, want to be a financial, so California can have commission only fiduciary, and, financial advisors yeah. and they can have fiduciary ones. So, but if you, if you claim to be a fiduciary, you can say to the person in California, can you show me your fiduciary license? Ooh, that's good okay. to know. So good to know. I mean, I'm kind of happy with where my money is. I don't really plan on hiring someone, but if I ever cross that bridge. But yeah, so my point is, if you're if you're afraid to do it on your own, like we've always recommended, 
always ask if the person's a fiduciary. I want to get into one other thing. So if you're not a fiduciary, the other standard is called the suitability standard. So the suitability standard says the financial advisor who's not a fiduciary can provide advice and financial products that are considered suitable based on your basic understanding of your financial situation. So if you just say growth and income and they're like, okay, I have this really hot stock and you're like, well, you're the guy and I'm confused. So I'll just listen to whatever you say. And you put half your money into something and they didn't fully reveal all the possibilities of losing. They didn't have to, because they had to meet a suitability standard. So it's not good. I mean, I'm going to give you one last example. You go to a Lexus dealer, right? And you ask the salesman, hey, what's the best car? I'm trying to decide between a Lexus and a a, uh, Jaguar. Salesman's not going to try and sell you a Jaguar. If you leave and go to the Jaguar dealership, Lexus makes no money. He doesn't get a commission. He doesn't like look good in the boss's eyes for selling a lot of vehicles, so he's going, you know, Jaguars are good, but Lexus, oh my, we're the greatest thing ever. Right. What are the chances of him pushing you to leave the lot to go buy a Jaguar? And you go, listen, I want a car that has zero to 60 in so many seconds. And, and maybe Lexus doesn't do that. And they're like, I know, but Lexus, Lexus, Lexus. It's, it's the same thing. But what's weird, though, is that if they're making a commission... I guess it prompts them to potentially be more risky depending on what you write down as your strategy, as your goal. So well, they can use that as, a, as an excuse to be more risky if they want to make more commissions off of it. But it seems like in the, in, in, especially if the, you know, you're using a money manager who's done their history knowing that what I, I can't forget this stat that 90% of money managers don't ever beat the market. It's like 93 to 95%. Yeah. That's <laughs> knowing that, you know, just, put it in the market, maybe do a couple of things here and there, but that's a really good way, I guess, to make commission. Right. But, but maybe I'm wrong. So know. let me explain what my daughter just said. 90 to 95% of the uh, brokers slash money managers do not beat the market. Let's define what the market is. The market is whatever the S&P 500, which is the top 500 companies, that are on the U.S. stock exchange, whatever they return. So one year they return 4%, one year they return 20%. Beating the market means beating those top 500 companies. Right. So if they got 4% and your one mutual fund or your one stock got 7%, they beat the market. Right. Right. But can they beat the market consistently? Correct. Probably not. So when I say to you 93 to 95% of the money managers slash brokers do not beat the market. They basically get the market. <laughs> you should get Yeah, but they're exactly, spending all of their time to And they're getting just, commissions and yeah. taking some of your money that's not being fully invested for the process. Yeah. Right? So if those guys are doing that and you're not getting your full amount of money, you say to yourself, well listen, I'll just go with the five percent that are beating the market. Right. I've outthought of this. That five percent changes every year. So be smart, invest in index funds. But if you decide I'm hiring a money manager, a broker, whatever, say, are you a fiduciary? You want somebody who's looking out for you and has your best interests at heart. And it's not required somebody, by law. And not somebody who's doing a suitability standard, which is, for instance, when you say to somebody the investment objective, let's say these are the six categories they might say, oh, income with capital preservation, growth in income, 
long-term growth and safety, long-term capital. Yeah, Who these are all have, things he mentioned before also for anyone. Can I ask anybody out there, if you're new to investing, do you even know what any of that means? Yeah, a lot of investing so far is just a lot of terms that, I'm not going to say go through one year and out the other, but I definitely, when I go to buy a house for the first time, I will re-listen to our podcast. Good. Same for when maybe, you know, I'm with my significant other and they really want to hire someone because they're convinced they need to hire someone. I'll re-listen to a couple podcasts and go, oh, right. Yeah, we got to ask if they're a fiduciary. Right. And hopefully and the state allows that. Like, for instance, when I just mentioned all those investment objectives that they're going to make you check off, whether you're getting a, a stock or you're just with some brokerage firm or some financial advisor and they're asking, what are your investment objectives? When it says capital appreciation, do you know what that means? Capital means money. Appreciation means the money goes up. It increases in value. Right. So does everybody know that? If you say long-term growth and safety, that means over 30 years, I want my money to grow really good. I'm willing to wait a long term, but I don't want to lose any money. That's long-term and safety, but does everybody understand that? Right. If you don't, and you are going to hire a financial advisor, I beg you, ask that they are a fiduciary. Great. Yes. That is the main point of this episode. That is the main point of this episode. Was there anything else, any closing words? Yes. I'm so glad you're back from Michigan. It's always nice yes. to see you. Yes. It is lovely to be back from Michigan. I hope you guys learned something this episode. Thank you, Spain, for tuning in. <laughs> please, uh, please subscribe because we are on eight different platforms, and I'm going to say them. Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast Breaker, CastBox, which I've never heard of, but thank you for carrying us, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Wow, I did not know we were on that many. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you learned something, and we will see you on the next one. Thank you very much. The content on Dads, Daughters, and Dollars is for informational purposes only and does not constitute professional financial advice. Listeners should consult an attorney, accountant, financial planner, or other professionals to suit your specific needs.